The programme which follows is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM.
Good afternoon, you are tuned to Resonance 104.4 FM. My name is Simon Tishko, and today I bring you another episode of Isotopica, Cultural Sonic Detour. And today I bring you the man who helped me to bring that notion of the detour into my art practice and bring the notion of the detour to the radio. And that is because David, after I met him, caused a few detours in my life and my art practice, which spun around in most unexpected ways. For instance, finding myself in the Clypeda chapter of the Clypeda Hells Angels, which was um, a coastal town in the far eastern seaboard of Lithuania. Found myself there with David Ellis after a brief chat in London as special guests of these Hells Angels who turned out to be rather amused and amusing people, never mind their neo-fascist tendencies, etc. Although, you know, what do I know? We were there briefly. I may be exaggerating that claim. Nevertheless, um, they were at one point going to be part of this detour project that David and I were on, but as it turned out, they were too drunk, too full of drugs, and just too dangerous for poor scaredy cat me, so we took the bus instead. They didn't drive us around. We'll talk about that today on today's Ice Topica. As David joins me for an ad hoc chat around the kitchen table at flight, when David's asked, been asked and asked me to help him to categorise his practice. This is just so difficult. The guy spreads off in all directions and brings those directions back, sometimes neatly, sometimes not. So without further ado, I suggest you pin back your Resonance FM listening ears and enjoy today's edition of Isotopica with me, Simon Tishko and David Ellis sitting around the kitchen table at flight. So David, David Ellis, um, I haven't actually seen you here at flight for a very long time. I always associate this project, the aeroplane in an apartment, with you. You were very much around when we first started. In fact, you helped me to make this project happen. That's right. And then theoretically, I should have in my, I should, uh, the actual rivets. I think we actually talked about the rivets. So I certainly got really fascinated by the rivets, the, the, the sort of, how many there might be. I think actually there was some discussion we had about how many rivets were here being used for this uh, wing. Yeah, you know? no, and then there's, a, there's the thing of the authenticity of the rivets yeah, as well. A, that, yeah, that's right. That yeah. But it's it's interesting that you, you and I have kind of done a lot of stuff together over the past, and last time you were guesting on Isotopica, you, you gave up halfway through during right. the broadcast and you yeah. kind of I, uh, and you went to this moment and you said to me afterwards I realised I don't want to do that anymore mm. that was very interesting it was the uh, yes it was the broadcast <laughs> from the science museum yeah and um, I'd I, ask you questions because you, you I'll ask you something you're, the sort of, you're one of those friends that I'll just say a couple of words and you're off you can talk about anything mm. I said what do you think about this David you go mm, not much Nothing really, and that was it. it yeah, the was monosyllabic answers from David Ellis was kind of quite a surprise. He, I, I was, um, I, I think it, it, um, it coincided that 
that visit to the Science Museum coincided with a period when I was really beginning to reevaluate my 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 act. You know, I yeah. sort of I was very suddenly I was becoming aware that this was just there was an old act here going on. You know, let's let let's be interesting, let's be a rogue enthusiast. And I remember sort of thinking like, please, I don't want to be referred. I remember saying to you, don't int- please don't introduce me anymore as a rogue enthusiast. Yeah, that it's, that surprised uh, me. Uh, that actually shook foundations with me because I I. I didn't think of it in terms of something that would change because it's intrinsically how I think of you. Not to try and label you, but you do. You have that rogue enthusiasm. It's, it is a part of you. So for you to turn it down and actually say, I no longer want this. Well, I think that I turned down the offer to... to <laughs> that's more, more important. I think I actually turned... I kind of refu- refused the offer mm. to be be the rogue enthusiast at that particular point in mm. the, at the in the science museum in a place where i felt actually out of my depth to be honest i was I, physically i mean i mean physically i felt quite i mean you know also where we were there were so many people mm. there were many children's yeah. children and family and i think family i'm so yeah, destabilized by family okay and families well certainly in your own situation as well but um when i we talked briefly before you came onto the program, and I'd said to you, you know, this is kind of family oriented, and you were, you were going absolutely not, no, no, no compromise. Words like that. There were all these kind of um, things you were saying. I was thinking, actually, this sounds like David's got the wrong hat on for what we're actually doing. And I think it's once you got there, you realised it was because you were, you were about to push the boundaries, be a rogue enthusiast, and you had an audience of nine-year-olds and their parents from the Cotswolds. <laughs> It, 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 was was certainly, it was certainly part of it. It was, cer- yeah. it was certainly part of it, but it was also, I think, um, um, primarily it was that I was starting to feel rather uncomfortable with this. Uh, I felt that I was performing an old routine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I felt like Ken Dodd up on the stage doing his tickling thing. That's like, never a good thing and to feel. I, I brought some props. I yeah. brought some bits and pieces, but they were from another completely from a different era different enthusiasm yeah. had virtually nothing to do with what I was thinking about in at the time and in that, the present yeah. and I thought that they would trigger because I've always been I mean part of my practice whatever that might be as it was always one in which um, things objects triggered uh, association free associated discussions anecdotal uh, drifty stuff drifty drifting conversations but they didn't work no it, they it, actually it, didn't work exactly it didn't happen the magic didn't happen and I say it, it's as you describe that my practice whatever that may be that sort of that's that's what's on the table between us at the moment because over the years when we've worked together I mean I've worked with you in tours of Lithuania we're out sort of going through Poland Lithuania performing live on stage and days that the, the, the stock dinner party thing I have about that is well day you know two weeks into it people say so what exactly do you do with David and I go I don't really know because I don't really know what David does and it was it is part of the charm and part of that is me choosing I think not to investigate and label and put into boxes what you do and yet we're in a situation I mean we're, we're having this chat now in an ad hoc fashion because you came round ostensibly tonight to do the impossible, which is almost to categorise yourself, because 
of an invitation you've had. Should we say with the institution or just big institutional? Yes, no, certainly. Okay, the Royal College, the Royal College of Art. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been invited to consider some sort of work, some practice at the Royal College of Art, and. Uh, uh, as uh, yeah, on the staff as opposed to studying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, make, making that. Clear. Well, I had conversations with Neville Brody. Neville mm. Brody, who um, I, I can't not talk about Neville because Neville and I, although we perhaps we've skirted each other for many many years, and we're, I'm talking many years. We're talking from like 1969 or 70 when we played ping pong together at the youth club. Okay. And um, so he was about two years young, my junior, and. Um, over the years, he would pop up, you know, I, I would pop up, he might say. And um, we had conversations in the streets. I, when I was working at the screen on the Green Cinema in Islington for quite some period of time, I met him on many, many occasions, probably even bossing through him out. I'm not sure, you know, these things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and over the years, we would sort of say, yes, well, indeed, we should we should do something. Sure. And. Uh, it was only when we started, obviously, to communicate on by social media. Uh, so very recently, which is re- re- very recently, that I sort of I came into his orbit, or mm. he came into mine. So let's 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 give um, a kind of radio def- not definition, but uh, an outline. Neville Brody. I always think of um, early eighties, the face. And that typographic look, the very, very strong postmodern design ethic. Radical departure from, from yeah. almost everything that was then taking place from font to fancy. I mean, really, it yeah, was. beyond. So I think of Neville Brody as a typographer, but he's more of, he's an all round designer. What What is his. Well, yes, I mean, in, 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 he has all sorts of re, I mean, uh, continuous research into the. into. Graphic arts goes beyond. I mean, I have to say, sort of, I mean, I'm I'm finding out myself. Which, graphical <laughs> what, linguistics, gra- we could say in many respects. Graphical respect. linguistics, indeed. Yeah, and in a sense, we. I suppose that's the thing that it was very per because um, I sort of came into his orbit, and he invited me in for a conversation. Actually, he used the word meditation. Um, meditation you know, or mediation? Be, no, me, uh, I think because I was sort of thinking. Really, I've been trying to. Also, I invited him out to come with me to. I invite everybody to come to come into a prison uh, in Lithuania. I mean, you, you name it, you name them. I've invited them to come and join me out there. And I yeah. never was one of those people. I said, look, you really must come. Yeah, know? let's. We'll, we can skirt we can back to skirt that later because you've so, recently been doing a lot of work with young offenders in Lithuanian prisons, supported by the British Council that's correct, and yeah. the Lithuanian government. Really extraordinary and unusual. And once again, almost uncategorizable mm. part of your art practice. Yeah. So Neville, Neville, <laughs> you know, even I tried to persuade him. Look, you know, there's not going to be any alcohol at the reception in the prison, but there'll be lots of, you know, lemonade and this, that, the other. <laughs> Sorry, uh, we get uh, those jokes. Um, so well, he 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 didn't he didn't turn up, but we I said we popped into each other's kind of mail for a period of time, and then he invited me out. We had a conversation and said, well, look, um, think about um, some sort of program, some kind of workshops, some some uh, installation on a moving image uh, related mm. to moving image. The context once again that Neville's just become he's become the dean of the Royal College of Art. Yeah, which yeah, is it's so it's it's like our peers from the sort of punk days the um 
I mean, we come from the 70s as our burgeoning era or whatever, growing up youthful teenage years in the 70s, yes. through punk, etc., etc. So our peers and our friends from the squats, the drug days, the free festivals, yes. um, London diaspora, are now becoming the establishment. Yes, and, and, so, I, so, and actually, yeah. now, and actually, that Neville was very. He's actually been I think three, I think three years now, and I was actually a bit surprised. Well, no, he's been in. He's been at the Royal College of Art for 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 for, for quite a few years. Yeah, but he's recently yeah. taken on the role of dean, and he talked. Well, he discussed these things. We discussed these, and I was very aware of that sense. I think that he was feeling slightly uncomfortable. Of that course. he's fine. He's beyond the elder now he is the elder yeah um, to, be, to be the dean is, is kind of the top of it's bizarre overlooking it? uh, the um, Prince Albert's uh, yeah. you know the Hyde Park all the these things he's surrounded this place of power um, so I think he was more he's a bit uncomfortable um, when, when you first um, told me about this one of the things that really struck that I realised it would be interesting to talk about is Neville asking you just sort of picking because because you are you're a mystery as a performer as an artist in many respects you know it's quite you, you have a mysterious and unusual practice and him saying do you have a cv and then just seeing your look across the room said no of course you don't even better even better you don't even have a cv yeah which is beautiful because we're in the age of the careerist thatcher's children the yba artist they would all have you know cvs going backwards forever the career the yeah, the curriculum V time and the life story stuff. I mean, I I still don't have one. I mean, that, I think I'm finding it very. I have information which I'm now accessing. You know, obviously I'm accessing all kind of data, memory data. Did this, did that. Mm -hmm. You know, worked on the pier in Hastings and then sort of curated a, 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 the arts club called Puzzle Club over a period of two or three years. Sure. Et cetera, et cetera, all sorts of things. But, and, and actually putting and, and assembling it in such a way that it resembles a life lived in, inside of the arts in mm. a particular, in a very specific way with the arc as we you know. The, yeah, the, the career arc. The career arc. And it's, well, I, I think the actual, it requires a significant amount of effort and a commitment and a belief in there being this arc. And mm. I, uh, it's, it's yeah, very so it's very I, I struggle with saying myself one thing I, I quite enjoyed I can't I was reading a novel or an article or a graphic novel or something silly and the missing ears mm. uh, they're talking about a character in the missing ears and I thought how nice that would look because there are there's these vast gaps where I say I could genuinely have say very little what I could say between like 19 uh, uh, 1983 and 1990. There's almost nothing to say about those seven years. Mm. Of course, there's an awful lot to say, but in CV terms, missing years. Yes, well, I, I had, I've certainly, the, 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 the missing years were, for me, very specific, between 19, something like, something like 1973 until I re uh, returned to London <laughs> in 1976. Yeah. Okay. And then I, uh, even from that point on, I'm still. I mean, I, I was um, certainly misplaced myself. I'm, just, um, you know, uh, 
going to university, going to Middlesex University as a mature student, uh, 33, 34, I start to sort of kind of feel a sense of... What year did you do that? That was uh, 1986 or 7. Strange thing is, that was just a little bit before I arrived there, because I I also ended up at Middlesex University as a mature student. Mature student. We'll put um, in commas around mature. Yeah, the mature. It's it's, we were... The only only way that I knew that I... The only knew that I I was kind of recognisably a mature student, and no doubt other people around my other students would have known that I was mature and and, and unbelievably annoying and irritating I'm sure was that I was always one I was always on time I was I was that keen I would and this I was doing performance performance studies and I where did you do that which this was in Trent Park Trent Park okay and uh, it was a very familiar neck of the woods for me because I was brought Mm. up in North London which briefly back to Neville in a way all these things tend to come up because he went to Middlesex University as well I'm not sure which period but it was North London, the Southgate, you know, this uh, sort of mm, whole history of Southgate, which uh, I didn't realise there was one. But no, really, I was going to say, there I, really I was can't one. really imagine there being a history There really of was. Um, so, yeah, Middlesex University, there was, I've said, two or three years, and I become, but unfortunately I became extremely ill in the last year of my, um, the last year of the, of the course. So, um, once again, it was scuppered. <laughs> the oh, yeah. career I might have had yeah. was scuppered. Well, in, in that sort of, I didn't get, I didn't receive, get my degree. I, oh, uh, I didn't realise. Um, I mean, we know how unimportant that is, but nevertheless, but it, no, but no, at the there's time, a momentum Well, at the time, it seemed, because I was so, uh, for the, during those missing years, it was sort of like, I really wanted to see a blackboard. I was, I was always, I became more and more attracted to the notion of educational apparatus. And I've still got a bit of a... Um, I remember when you did the talk around the Jonas Mekas um, exhibitions at the Serpentine. No, it was the year before the Mekas exhibition, but you did a talk with Jonas. And I remember you specifying, they're saying, you know, what, what do you need for the talk? And you, you specified a blackboard. Absolutely. And they spent ages getting That's you a blackboard. Right. Oh, and of course you I, chose not to use it. <laughs> no, <laughs> Tonight I'm not going to use it. Oh, that was absolutely no. That's a very that's a very you remind, I'd forgotten about that, but it is absolutely true that the and I'm so there I am invited and there's sort of expenses. You know, there's a few expenses here. What do you require for your talk? Talk equals blackboard and chalk. And they went they went quite they went they went they went a mile to get to find this blackboard. They had to hire the blackboard, yeah. I think, and they went quite some distance. It's funny at the time I had a studio in the old school in Battersea, so I probably could have gotten one. Is it for sure? <laughs> could have unscrewed uh, one from it, the wall for I you. Think it was once again one of those moments then when when I saw the blackboard there and it's back to that sort of well what's coming back to improvise not not about improvisation just changing my mind it just seemed unnecessary Mm. and I think that everything became unnecessary or felt unnecessary because I was in the company of Jonas Mekas because Jonas Mekas can make you feel that almost everything you're doing I mean on a personal level don't fuss you know which is something you know don't fuss so much it's and kind I of felt a, the blackboard felt like a fussing that's at the heart of his practice though, isn't practice, it that, press, the button, is, and, press the button take a picture take, make a film yes uh, and as I, there was sort of there I was with, if you like, not, um, not as a devotee, but I certainly thought, well, actually, I just he, he's invited me here to talk. You're a colleague. You're a colleague a of Jonas Mekas and, and recognised as such to talk about something. And the blackboard, as as fanciful as that was, it seems quite unnecessary. So strip mm-hmm. everything down to bone. Good. And it was a lovely talk. So later on, you know, post post our little conversation here, which we're, I think we're using as a grounding, because what we're actually going to attempt to do is put something together for you to present 
or represents, we say represent, represent something to the Royal College of Art, to Neville Brodie, that hopefully is going to make this thing happen because he wants you there. But we don't know how, why, in what context, or to do what. But then <laughs> yeah. that's, that's almost what I'd put on the poster above any of your, if, if you'd have any, you know, an exhibition or something going on. What, where, when, mm. why, what is? Yeah, it, um, I think you're right. When I, I was travelling here tonight, I was, I, was, I, was, I was coming sort of, no, I was becoming rather anxious because it's, it's like homework, you know, yeah. when you sort of, you've been given some homework. And uh, it's, it was very clear that, you know, um, we're not going to talk again. There's nothing more to say. Uh, there's no fuss, to, you know, there's no point. You know, I'm not going to be sort of writing, you know, oh, by the way, when you say that, what do you mean by that? It's, mm. it's entirely up to me to present it in whichever form I choose. Mm. Whether, you know, it's... it's just just show something and I mean let's not talk about it, just get on with the job. Hopefully so. we'll we'll put something together that you can Neville can look at. Neville can Neville maybe will talk to the head of departments and that will turn into something rather than you proposing I'd like to come to the Royal College to do this, because that's not the way it is, is it? We're not going to do that. Are Don't. we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, the further I, uh, uh, there are other things. I mean, there are other things on my mind at the moment. I mean, I've got um, uh, you know, there's one or two other projects developing, and I'm sort of again being sort of led away from what what has happened is I've, uh, and I, if you don't mind me saying, but very very briefly, is that since working, since coming back t two and a half weeks ago, I was in a gymnasium in Colnus, which is the, the sort of not the capital of Lithuania, but the second major city and kind equivalent of, of Birmingham, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Of what certainly for those people who live there, it is the, uh, the endless rivalry between the two cities, Vilnius and Kaunas. And Kaunas was is continuously being ignored. And part of what I've done over the many years has been ch has chosen to 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 sort of focus some of my work there in Kaunas because it's very much on the periphery, and I, I'm always drawn to that. Um, but when I went over two and a half year, sorry, two and a half weeks ago to to the prison, um, without going into all the reasons why I was there, I was working with a dancer, a contemporary, uh, a, a contemporary Lithuanian dancer who was trained at the place here okay. in London, yeah. King's Cross. Through this relationship, through this collaboration um, in the gym, working with these young men in improvisation, theatre, image, stuff, I f came home. There was a part of me that sort of rediscovered the, my very early years as a um, working with Lindsay Kemp, uh, or and trained with Lindsay Kemp, the Lindsay Kemp Company, uh, 1976, something like that, when I would flounce, and uh, apparently I flounced quite well, uh, flouncing around on floorboards in our school, not far from here in fact, wooden floorboards for mm. 50 pence. Mm -hmm. And it was, it, it, over the many years I've sort of deviated and detoured off the, the, the kind of my, I wanted to dance. I was, I was, you know, that's what I wanted to do—to dance and then become a choreographer. And somewhere, somewhere along the way, I was sort, of, you know, magnificently distracted. So being back in um, a prison in a gym, working with a—it was fantastic. I had a wonderful time. And I came back um, two and a half weeks ago, thinking, I'm a dancer. <laughs> <laughs> Actually. Um, performer, actor, all those things, but it was very, uh, it was very liberating yeah. actually to have a sense of be, ha having a home address, 
having not had a home address for quite some time. Rogue Enthusiast was a very convenient way of sort of for me to introduce myself as, and it's absolutely true, loads of enthusiasms and an enthusiasm for other people's enthusiasms. But somewhere along the line, I sort of did, I wanted to be able to say, I'm a dozen. Okay. Um, I, I am. You're some, saying this to I, someone that's worked with you. I've worked with you on tours, on stages, and live performance, and I've never seen you dance. I mean, this is over 15 years or something, I should think. So that's quite funny. It's quite amusing. And and as we're we're kind of t- we're skirting around things that you've done, which we always will do and always do. But let's put it into the context when we went to Lithuania and we made a short film about it. Uh, for Mechus, uh, the Serpentine Exhibition. And in that, you, I, I, when I edited the movie, I cut nearly all of your descriptions and dialogue out. And just kept right your gesticulations, which really worked well. <laughs> but the bits that I did have is we set out from London. Yes. We had cans of film. Yes. We went to the country, off the main track, peasant communities. We showed bits of film, Kings of the Road, road movies... Vim Vendors, 1970s films. Wild at Heart, I think. Wild at Heart. Scorpio uh, Rising. Scorpio Rising, various bits and pieces. And you enthused around these film clips and a few bits and pieces. And I tagged along the edges. That was your performance, as yet uncategorised, uncategorisable. No dancing to be seen there. No dancing at unlikely, and it really wouldn't fit. I'm not even suggesting that I would dance, but I'm saying when I... Absolutely. I, I think no, that, I'm not trying it, to pin you down to that. No, 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 no Western musicals. No, that's, that's not no, a suggestion. No, no, very unlikely. Um, I think that it was, it was the, the physicality, the, 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 the well-placed tick, um, which I'm pretty good at, and, and it's sort of recognising other people's sort of ticks. I became, you know, well, I mean, tick, I mean, kind of muscular, kind of muscular tick, and how people move. I became, that's that's part of the, that history. When you're working with a dancer, as I did with someone like Lindsay Kemp, who was working silently, then it wasn't mime. It was the early the early period, and just Lindsay Kemp training Bowie and and Kate Bush and all these people. Mm-hmm. People have said this before, and but there's it's it's significant. It's important. It, it, there was a sort of sudden transition. Um, so there's something still there. There's a signature that I recognise. Yeah. It's not about dancing. It's about no, a way of course of, not. But, but uh, so to think, I mean, because I think the way in one of the places way out where there was nothing but a cow when we got to the train station there wasn't even a town we arrived and the the local priest fell asleep through um, and we had videos yeah through in the middle of scorpio rising this sort of gay homoerotic classic this powerful bizarre movie been shown in this very really tiny peasant country community and the catholic priest Overweight, falling asleep. Beautiful piece of choreography there, David. Well, yeah, it, it, it does. Things do come back to choreography, sort of shaping things up. Actually, back to the back to the Scorpio Rising. There's the screening of Scorpio Rising. Uh, I think there was about fourteen or fifteen people in that. Sh- well, it felt it wasn't a shed, but it was a church hall. hall. It was a, a church, church hall, hall yeah. and we were struggling to get there. We arrived. We arrived quite late, and it was. It was. It did resemble. I mean, people have put up some bunting. Now I've got. A, I, I still have a great love for bunting. They put up bunting. The yeah. mayor was there, and they weren't sure. They weren't sure that we were going to turn up because but we. This was also we weren't communicating with emails and things. No we, mobile phone. No, no. Everyone else in the world had them. You didn't. Uh, but, but, but certainly, <laughs> but they did. Certainly. No. I mean, and we, I had made a phone call a week before, no, two or three days before from London to directly to the and saying, no, no, we are serious. We will arrive with film 
possibly on motorbikes because we had I'd set up a relationship with a with a, a bikers club uh, in Clypeda uh, in Clypeda and yeah. part of the, the one idea was to arrive by motorbike well that didn't happen we did arrive however by police car yeah which was which is completely even, unplanned as I say a beautiful a beautiful cultural detour which has that's that's the signature of Isotopica it's described in the residence listing as cultural sonic detours and I got that from working with you because the notion of we started off on Way, potentially arriving in somewhere they didn't know we were really going to arrive and what we were going to do when we got there yes. and we were going to arrive on Hells Angels bicycles but instead we turned up in police cars yes and there, I mean the, 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 I think it's worth, worth, it's worth, <laughs> relate, it's worth relating the, the police car incident in the sense is that we when we first arrived off the train I think well it was, there was myself and you and, and Anne from a, a German filmmaker yeah. um, who, uh, Tesla yes from, from, from uh, Berlin from what was then East Berlin well prior to that East Berlin Mm-hmm. Before the wall had uh, uh, collapsed or f- f- fell, um, and so when we actually arrived at the train, it was a f- mist. It was mist. I mean, very misty. We were yeah, filming. Fabulous filming. Each we're other. beautifully documentary. Everyone filming and each other, filming each other, and people with big litre bottles of very weak beer for 5am breakfast on the train it's yes. a strange journey and of course we didn't travel by motorbike because the Hells Angels turned up absolutely drunk at 5 o'clock in the morning uh, that's right you yes I was willing but but if well, I, I, I needed to be seen on the by had to be said. I mean there was a certain element of vanity in this having kind of spent quite some time setting up this arrangement weeks or maybe a couple of months in advance um, it seemed absolutely necessary at least to be seen on it and so I think there were a few snaps taken of us he rode us me around the car park of the and that was about as much as we got but but the, but the police were very uh, when we first came out they were extremely suspicious of us I mean we arrived in the middle of I won't say nowhere but next to nowhere it wasn't nowhere there was a cow. There was a cow there, and in yeah. fact, it's and a phone shot, box which you found. Um, yeah, um, it did look because we've got we've got that well documented piece of footage. Uh, we I just set a camera up on a wall and recorded the whole thing. And the police car, you weren't sure whether to get in it or not, and you're kind of right. and, and we weren't sure that they were arresting you. Or, there was a, yeah, there was. <laughs> and then the next shot was we'd all bundled in the back with our bags, cameras, tripods, and we were being driven to yes. wherever it was we went. Yes. So no, it was an extraordinary, extraordinary journey, and um, something, something of a detour that simply it doesn't happen with anyone else I've worked with, and I've collaborated and worked with a really wide range of people. It's a joy. Well, sometimes you have to. I mean, making things up as you go. I, I, I'm not. I'm less convinced of it now. I'm sort of. I'm. Perhaps I'm fighting against myself a little bit, but perhaps it's do what you know best. But making things up. So to speak, as you as you go, so improvisation. Impro- one could call it improvisation. It, yeah, but acting, this was something different. Ad, yeah, it, yes, it's something. It is the watchword of that whole tour to Lithuania became a slight change of plan. Slight change. Because of plan. you'd always you'd have your you had these beautiful maps and lists, and I've got you on film saying, and and then tomorrow we'll go to a cheese factory. That's right. Yes. Which we never did. We didn't because we, we no, we never made the cheese factory, and it was always ah, slight change of plan. We're actually in a different city today uh, well, than the one I expected. Some things were fixed. I mean, there, there were <laughs> the the cinemas were fixed, and you know the the day that because obviously you have to. We, we were scheduled some of these cinemas. There was the, the the opposite, the extreme of the village church hall, was an extr- an enormous cinema. 
possibly a thousand seater, mm. eight hundred seater in one of the cities. I'm not sure where that, that was. Well, that's right. the, band, the band turned up and, and the orchestra was, came was to play for us. Yes, there was about twenty or thirty members of the audience watching Kings of the Road. Well, the films that we had, which we repeated in every city, um, but it was an enormous, beautiful, stunning, brutalist. You know, in the true sense yeah, of brutalist uh, architecture, and uh, so this was extreme. And then leading, so all these things were obviously obviously fixed scheduled in advance but I think it's true to say that so, other than Vilnius where I had a very firm already had a quite a sort of uh, long-term relationship where people knew about the work that I was doing they knew that I would arrive but almost everybody else outside of Vilnius were not sure mm. if I was arrive and actually why you mean what, what was, I was actually doing I think after we left they're probably going well as they were folding the bunting back into the bunting box in that village they were probably going why and um, what, what, what was that? They probably still don't know, but they're going to be pleased that it happened. Well, the one, the one, and it is still the most one of the most magnificent moments, and it was perhaps you, you may recall it. It was the it was a Russian a a, a Russian projectionist, a female Russian projectionist yeah, yeah, yeah. in Vilnius, who was certainly had never experienced she was a projectionist and like well not like most projectionists it was just seen well you you you're in your box and you you it is a program and she's been there possibly 20 to 30 years i'm not quite sure and we went to meet her on the night on which we were doing a screening the films that we were screening and we gave her the the program so well, at this particular point feel free to and I can't remember what it was. It was certainly feel free to do something. Well, I actually, gave her I, the option. I, I ended up projecting a video camera from the projection box, and I had her on the screen. So the first time in thirty years, she turned up on the screen that she'd been worked projecting on for thirty years, and it was beautiful old Soviet projectors as well as sort of more modern digital projectors that we were hooking up with a camera so I was I was performing from the projection booth and you were on stage in the cinema and totally I, disjointed well, beautifully I, um, but, it, but joined to make something and, and before the screening itself or at the end I'm not quite sure which yeah, I, I firmly instructed and I think it was an instruction firmly instructed that the audience turn around and mm. acknowledge the projectionists and they did yes. reluctantly yes. I think but they did but so many people had a probably I'd never turned their turned their heads around and of course all this came much of this came out of my own of course my own experience of having worked for so long at the screen on the green cinema and the skull and all the other places part of our history um, kind of backstage where, no one ba thinks of backstage, backstage where cinema. many of my closest friends or colleagues were became projectionists um, uh, ice an ice cream Simon um, Simon Faithful the artist uh, Simon mm. Faithful who was an ice cream seller I and mean, he was he struggled with the role of being an ice cream and I was actually one of the few people there saying, "No, this was this was essential. This was vital." You'll look back on this. Did he have a little booth, or just a no, no, no? No, he had a tray, little tray, so ice cream tray. tray. I think that he because he found it quite difficult to go to the front of the cinema, like an ice cream, an usher yeah. with an ice cream. You yeah. are at the front of say four hundred people. Going back to those kind of performances, because we're talking like nineteen sixties, seventies now in the cinema. Great image, sitting upstairs um, when you got the balcony. And all the cigarette smoke, and you look up, and you see the yes, film projected across people's heads. Swathes of light, almost yes. like a sort of. It was the only time I've seen anything like that would be at Heaven, the gay discos in the eighties, yeah, things well, like I, that with the lasers. But my, well, my memories of Zulu. Whilst we're talking about kind of, um, you know, we, we get on to Cinerama later, but uh, <laughs> not, Zulu. Not that not, much time left. I have to say, we're going to be winding up fairly oh. soon. 
Um, Zulu, Zulu was the first film, and certainly I went with my father, and I, you know, it was it was the first experience in mean, whatever that age I was at the time, where smoking. It was the yobos at the back, actually. My father had a sort of like the yobos. Your dad would say young men with leather, yeah. young men with leather jackets, yobos Probably at the back. Dudley Sutton in the back. Uh, it could well have been Dudley Sutton, uh, and uh, he, ne- he never actually was that yobo. I have no, to say, um, as much as we'd like to think about that. <laughs> and it was watching Zulu through, yes, the smoke, the 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 the, um, the smoke that you you you, you referred to. And it was uh, just it was part of the part. Of, it was part of the experience of, of watching film. I'm not going to get all nostalgic about smoking and the rest of it, but it does. It did have its you know. Yeah, there, of, uh, there was a appeal. visual quality to yep. looking up and backwards and seeing this film moving. It, it was like what? a layer of film above your head towards the got, screen. I, I loved that. Have I got one minute just to? S- of course you have. We've got oh. plenty, plenty of time. Oh just well, here's here's well then. Go, go, you go. Know, I'm going to go back. I can't help but so this is once again um, traveling out to Lithuania on uh, December the 12th in 1993, which is about one year, year and a half after independence was declared from the Russian, um, from the Soviet Union, and it was the first trip which was funded by the Arts Council on a visit called. It was called visiting. Uh, it was um, go and see. Anyway. Received the funding to go and see two hundred pound to pay for the for the uh, flight. Good old arts but council. The, Thank this, you, arts this council. almost impossible now. Um, the flight was actually it was once a week from Heathrow, and it was a plane, a very it was a very small plane, and there were twelve up, only twelve people on the plane. Now, I'm coming back to the smoking. The plane was divided by a very rather grey and tawdry curtain, synthetically synthetic, uh, nasty yeah, piece of grey material. Nylon curtain. Yeah. And on at the front of the plane was Yehudi Menwin who was that, that particular, the, the, the violinist, the composer, on his way to Lithuania to play for the first time, I think, or to mark the occasion, as there were many poets coming out of the gulags, there was all sorts of things going on. But uh, it was still uh, um, delic- the, 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 the smoking part of the plane on the other side of the a curtain not mm-hmm. a door but a curtain mm-hmm. which sort of boggles the mind that sure. you know. but in I'm not sure that he was smoking that he was there because he wanted what well, to be on his own you know we however are, are at the back of the plane there was myself an English man with a suitcase with leather trousers who was going to Lithuania to sell leather trousers um, because it, se- well, no, it seemed to make sense at the time because this was a country that had been so cut off from the rest starved of starved of leather trousers starved <laughs> starved of the kind of um, a the country ex- without chaps star- star- <laughs> which about ch- ch- yeah. well that's terrible what an awful thought um, that this was uh, there was no rock accessories uh, it, it was it was. It, this was a period in which hard to imagine but, um, this was, you know, there were people who wanted to buy some leather trousers from, from the UK yeah. so that was kind of plane that I was on at the yeah. time um, I'm, I mean I'm, I think of Charismaki in this instance because his, his whole uh, the whole feel and the look of Charismaki is that kind of Eastern European rock and roll look isn't it yeah, that, that's right. Well, it, 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 it was very, very rare to see a man in leather leather trousers. Now yeah. you can't move for men in leather trousers. You can it's, it's squeaking 19, up and down the street. I've seen part, there's you, parts yeah. of that going on in the corners where it's, it's definitely part, uh, 1990. Um, in fact, the one of the prison directors and, and uh, at the corners uh, prison or facility, and I'm trying to get back to saying prison because it is a prison, not a facility, uh, a correctional facility that I went to. Um, when we had the... We had the launch event. Uh, Herb Wright, who I know is, has recently been a guest of yours, uh, came and travelled, in fact, to Colnes to attend the opening or the launch of this event in mm. big urban art event in the prison. Big event. 
members of you know, the British Embassy were there, etc. And all the members of staff um, decked out in the really dressed up for the occasion. I mean, this was extraordinary. People coming in, but it was deaf. There was a sort of low, a lot of leather, leather wear on you know, shoulder pads uh, with leather, elbow and, pads, and uh, elbow pads, nice. and winkle pickers with winkle sort of pickers, yeah. um, yeah. the, the rock and roll. Yeah, it was quite something. Quite something. So it did have its effect. Joyful. Um, I suggest, on behalf of Isotopical and Resonance FM, I say thank you very much for our little conversation today. Um, always a pleasure to chat with you. And you and I need to start trying, off air, to categorise your practice and make a presentation to the Royal College for whatever purpose well it's kind of what we said we'd do maybe we'll just talk about doing it and do it next time okay David lovely to talk to you it's my pleasure bye for now
listening to Isotopica here today on Resonance 104.4 FM. My name is Simon Tishko. Today's guest was David Ellis and details of the things we talked about and things we haven't talked about and all things the culture and all things Simon Tishko are available on the website being www.theculture.net. Follow the links send me feedback as ever and just throwing it out there does anyone there want to join me for Christmas dinner under an aeroplane wing in an apartment in West London at the Flight Project that's www.phlight.org flight an aeroplane in an apartment um all my usual plans for the seasonal break have kind of gone out the window for one reason or another and I'm kind of going well let's try something else so let's put it out there anyone want to play let me know Send me a link. Send me a detail through the links on the website. That's what I meant to say. Ice Topical will be repeated at 5am on Friday morning for those who didn't quite get it first time round. And I will be back in seven days' time uh, between 3 and 4 o'clock on Resonance 104.4 FM. This is me, Simon Tishko, hoping you enjoy today's Ice Topical. Thank you very much, David, and sayonara. Catch you all later. Bye. Visit our webfm.com. To hear our vast range of 7 broad, visit our website at resonancefm.com. To hear our vast range of original 24 visit our webfm.com.